I just don't think it's that difficult, whether you liked whether the coach pressed or, or whether the coach called a timeout, the other coach. Um, and and I, I get a little tired of people rationalizing behavior based upon, well, I'm a competitor. We're competitors. The competition was over. And if you didn't bring the fight in the competition, you know, the next thing was the handshake line. Behave yourself. And I thought those two coaches acted like babies, frankly. And and uh, and now they're gonna now they're gonna have to stand in the corner for a little while. This is BetQL Daily from BetQL. Welcome back, BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network. Joe Giglio, Cody Decker, on a Tuesday here. The voice there of Jay Billis speaking about the Greg Gard, Juwan Howard slap heard around the world on Sunday uh, that has now resulted in Juwan Howard. Uh, being suspended for the rest of the regular season here for the Michigan Wolverines. I, Cody, when I first saw it, and I saw the reaction from the other players, and it almost became a brawl, my first thought was like, this guy should be fired. Like, he's a he's a coach. Like, you're supposed to be the adult in the room, and he slapped another coach. It first looked like a punch, and you could tell it was like an open-hand thing, but whatever. So he gets a suspension here. Cody, this, this whole thing has been ridiculous for two days. Like, these are supposed to be the adults. This is a college, right? Like, if pro coaches did this, they're morons. If college yeah. coaches do it, they're, they're worse than that because you're supposed to be in charge of still students. What, like, what are we doing here? Uh, it w- it's about as embarrassing and bad look as it gets. Now, here's the thing. Although I, I we talked about it a little bit on the show yesterday, uh, and it was pretty funny because if you watch the slap, and it's my favorite, it's my favorite thing about this entire thing is that it's like he went in for it and realized that he shouldn't do it, so it's like he pulled it away and gave him like a nice caress of the fingers to his cheek. It was it was just uh, everything about it was like, OK, well, if you're going to do it, do it. Don't don't don't, don't kind of like just put your hand in there and get out of there at the end of the day. Yeah, these are these are coaches of student athletes. It's not professional sports. It's the amateur level. This is and quite frankly, the Wisconsin coach didn't act much better himself. I mean, no. during the handshake line, he starts walking by and it was very clear he didn't want to talk to him. He starts grabbing onto Juwan like, dude, don't. If I'm a coach and I'm mad, don't touch me either. So I kind of understood a little bit of Juwan to a point. Then it just got absolutely out of hand. And it, quite frankly, yeah, they were a bunch of people acting like babies. These are things yeah. that can easily be handled behind the scenes. There's no reason this is something that should ever happen on a court. Yeah, and why I thought it was so bad. And you're right, Greg Gard, I mean, he, he can't do that. I mean, he's, he's, he's a baby, so is Juwan Howard. I mean, Cody, like, those players sort of shoving each other. If that, if that became like a full-scale brawl between the players – like a malice the palace kind of thing. That's all because two coaches couldn't handle it. Like they they couldn't act like adults there. It was it was pretty bad. Now, did you ever have a situation like that? Now we're not talking about college here. This is like obviously your professional career, but did you ever or even growing up, did you ever have a situation where coaches were the ones that were escalating it? And then you as a player were like, uh, do I get involved? Do I just stand back? Many times. Many, many, many times, but I'll tell you my favorite one was in double A San Antonio 2011. I was playing on a team that was basically like the Monstars. We had already won uh, minor league team of the year, I think two years in a row, or maybe the second year we didn't win it, but we kept winning 100 wins every season. And this year we were on pace for another 100 wins. And of course, the San Diego Padres did the smart thing by trading away all those players instead of, you know, having a dynasty in San Diego. But uh, we were dominant. Uh, and we were playing against the Angels AA affiliate, which had some young prospect named Mike Trout. Never heard of him. And at, we were beating the hell out of this team by about 20 runs. And it was the third inning. And we were up at this point, And I'm not kidding. We were up by 11 runs in the third inning. And then they, instead of hit, knocking a run in with one out, they literally run a squeeze play. Now, it's not exactly. Let me, let me put it this way. Um, the amount of squeeze plays I saw in my career 
professionally, maybe three ever that I actually saw in a game. They were never in a 10-run ball game in the third inning. A squeeze play is a desperation play that you need this run. Not that, okay, now it's nine runs. We're looking around, what was that? And our pitcher was mad, real mad. So what happens? Mike Trout comes up. Angry pitcher does the first thing he wants to do. He plunks Mike Trout. Doesn't hit him hard, just hits him in the leg, just sends a message, goes to first base. Their manager goes crazy. But the weird thing is their manager starts going crazy as the third base coach. He's the third base coach because in AAA, usually the manager is the third base coach. He goes crazy on our dugout and he starts yelling at our manager saying, hey, that's uncalled for. That's one of our top prospects. And we don't got guys that can hit the ball like your guys can. And we all looked around like, is he just like, did he just crap all over his whole team that has Mike Trout on it? Like, Mike Trout is over there. Like, you guys should be fine. You don't need to squeeze in a run right there. But then he, after another pitch happens, he says another thing to my manager. And my manager is just a guy named Dougie DeCenzo, you know, a former Cub, very small guy. And my hitting coach is a guy named Tom Tornacasa, big mustache. This guy was fiery. This guy might have been 5'4", but he carried himself like he was 7'8". This guy was just a little Italian monster. I love him to death. He's one of my favorites. So Tom Tornacosta, and I'm going to remove a word, obviously, because we are on radio and I can't say certain words, but I will say he took off his glasses very calmly, put them on the ground, and just turned and looked at this guy. He's like, you take one more mother blank step, and I will drop you! Our entire dugout just hyperventilating with laughter because that third base coach had never been more scared in his life of this tiny, tiny little man who literally was ready to go over there and act like a rabid wolverine on this guy. Yeah, Tom Tornacasa, scary, scary man when he wants to be. Uh, That was my favorite. I just never heard a a coach tell another manager that if you take one more step, I will drop you. That's great. (laughs) That is a great story. The one I think of when I think any of these kind of things, and it's obviously a little bit different, but I just, I I always picture Don Zimmer running out on Pedro Martinez in the 2003 ALCS. It's, it's, it is my favorite baseball. Like that's when that rivalry was at its height. Like that was like, that was peak. And you got Zimmer and then Pedro just like, oh, lays him and he falls. (laughs) (laughs) Zimmer, it was almost like, it wasn't like even Pedro did anything. It was like Zimmer was already on his way down and Pedro just kind of guided him. It It was the weirdest thing. It was wild. I mean, that, that whole, that, those teams and those games were wild, but that, that's like, you talk about coaches just like they can't handle it. Your story, Zimmer, and obviously this whole Juwan Howard stuff, it's just uh, it's, it's off the walls. All right, let's hear from Tom Izzo. He, he spoke about the handshake line and, and kind of the, uh, the etiquette here that all this stuff happens. Here's Tom Izzo, Michigan State coach. In the social media world, which you love, and in the national broadcasting talk shows, there are suggestions, silly as they may be, that we should do away with the handshake line now. Oh, my God. Have you heard that? Oh, my God, I have. And I do got to comment on that since that's not insulting to anybody. That, to me, would be the biggest farce, joke, ridiculous nature of anything I've ever heard of. We've already taught these poor 18-year-olds that when, you know, you're told to go to class and you don't like it, you can leave. We've already told these kids, if you're not happy, you can do something else. We've already told these kids that it's hard to hold them accountable. And now we're going to tell them to not man up 
and walk down a line on someone who's kicked your butt and have enough class to shake their hand is utterly ridiculous. So if the president said it, I think he's full of it. If the best coach in America said it, I think that gets me way more than this incident because we're already teaching these kids nothing. And then we're going to do something like that. Tom Izzo is fired up here, Cody. He's fired up. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you, Joe, an honest question. Why exactly? Um, he, he's that fired up about handshaking. He's more fired up about handshaking than he is about the incident that took place. That sounded like a very old man just yelling things at nothing. We're already teaching these young men to do nothing. And if they don't like it, they should leave. I'm like, yeah, well, if a kid doesn't like playing basketball, yeah, he should he should do something else. That's that's how life works, you right. old curmudgeonly bastard. With his gruff voice. I feel like his voice was getting gruffer as it was going on, too. Yeah. It's like... He's like, and, and I'll tell you another thing. This guy's full of you-know-what. Like, uh, get out. What are you? It's a handshake. How about this? Baseball players, when we win a game, who do we handshake? Your own team. Ourselves. Congratulating right. ourselves. I'm not congratulating them. They just lost. I don't care. I don't care about shaking anybody's hand post game. I just beat your ass. Yeah, the handshake line might be antiquated at this point. Like, I get it for kids still. I think it's good for kids. Yeah, I like for little kids. leaguers. Yeah. But, like, for, I mean, and these aren't kids anymore. I know they are technically student athletes, but, like, once we get to college, we're talking about 20 year olds, right? 18 year olds, 19, 20. Like, they're not children anymore. The whole thing, like, all these coaches got to relax. Everyone's just on edge this week. I know it's, it's March Madness time, but everyone just needs to take a deep breath. I mean, these guys are just, losing their mind here. Just chill out. I mean, honestly, but the thing that just makes me, weird about that entire statement one is just how gutturally angry is at the concept of not shaking somebody's hand like listen okay shake their hand I, I i don't care i'm not gonna lose any sleep but it's like that was an actual embarrassing incident and the thing you're taking away is well if we're not gonna shake hands we're not teaching these kids anything um that sounds like there's a bigger problem if you're not teaching your kids anything yeah, it does. Uh, last thing, speaking of not learning anything, I'm not sure if Phil Mickelson's learning anything from his uh, his fellow golfing uh, golfers out there because they're all blasting him right now. I saw Roy McIlroy blasting him, Billy Horschel blasted him. So there's this the Saudi uh, golfing league that that Mickelson is interested in, obviously, and wants to bring some golfers over here, over there. But his comments the other day, on like basically like, I know it's awful here. I know they do awful things. I'm paraphrasing, but it's a great opportunity. Didn't it seem like it came from the Onion? Like, if you have to say those things, like, I know this is a bad idea, but maybe just don't say it, Phil. I still cannot believe the words exited his mouth. Yeah, they kill they kill reporters over there, and they, tr and they try to kill homosexuals over there, but the PGA is a dictatorship. You are an idiot. <laughs> I mean, Phil, you've made, like, $200 million in your career. Like, to, to call it a dictatorship, you, you sound ridiculous. I just... Like, Cody, all of us in life, all, all throughout sports, like decisions are made, right? Like business decisions are made and you kind of kind of turn your eye to something maybe you don't love with a player on your team or right? Like, it all, always happens. But you don't say, despite this, this and this, I'm still going to do this. You just kind of do it, right? Like if Phil mm -hmm. went over there and played golf, we might raise our eyes like, hey, you really want to be over there? But yeah, like the fact that he acknowledged all the reasons he shouldn't be involved in this and then was like, Still, great business opportunity. Got to do it.
it's weird to see someone just out loud willingly justify murder as a part of their decision-making process. It is just, I think Phil Mickelson's brain has melted. Yeah, well, I hope it has, because if it's, it's working, he needs a new one. Joe Gilio, Cody Decker with you, <laughs> Beck UL Daily. Let's go into the NBA futures. Let's do a draft when we get back. We'll draft futures in the NBA as the second part of the season begins this week, right here on the Beck UL Network. Hey, it's Ken Barkley here to help you bet smarter on You Better You Bet, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Download the free Odyssey app and search BetQL for help to beat the books. Your home for wagertainment, the BetQL Network.